We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Overtalk podcast. I'm your host, Highway. And I am Aramori. Yep, my lovely co-host, and today we have some interesting topics to go over. In fact, just before we went live, we had a whole patch just dropped on us by Blizzard. Uh, there's tons of balance changes, there's a new map, there's uh, other things that you said you were excited to talk to me about that we'll get into here in just a second. Um, but first, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself first? Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you that don't know me, uh, my name is Aramori. I am a flex support player. So I play lots of lots of Kirko, lots of Ana, lots of Baptiste and Zen. Um, and I am top 500 currently and a contenders-ish, however you want to classify that, uh, flex support player. Very nice. Uh, I am not top 500 anymore. I'm the washed <laughs> one between the two of us. Um, but I'm Highway. I'm a, a longtime Overwatch player and coach. You know, I, I coached contender teams back in 2017, 2018, before I moved into doing full-time educational content creation. Uh, I'm one of the, the people on Game Leap. I'm one of the, the script writers and voiceover uh, people on that channel. And yeah, now I'm here doing a, a lovely podcast, my first one ever. So go easy on me, please. Um, we won't. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> okay, so let's get right into the the balance changes. Um, how do you want to do this? Do you want to just go one at a time down the down the list? I have them all in front I of me. I want to hit the heavy the heavy hitters first because there is something to be said about some of the crazy changes. Like I think this might be one of the biggest patches that Blizzard has put out pre season or like in between seasons ever. Like in the history of Overwatch. So this is, um, I really just want to like get going. So like the first um, huge change for me, and you might disagree, but I really feel that the ball change is going to just fundamentally change the way that the game is played. So if you want to maybe like go into the specifics of the ball change, I don't have it in front of me. So Okay, so just to let everyone know what those were, the ball changes were that his base health was reduced from 600 to 450. And that got replaced with shield health, which is the self-regenerating blue health bar. Um, he has a cooldown reduction on his pile driver. It previously was 10 seconds. It is now 8 seconds. And his minefield, which is his ultimate, got a buff. The arming time for the mines, so the time between you know, them hitting the floor and coming up and being ready to explode, was reduced from 1.5 seconds to 1 second. So a full like 
33% increase in arming oh speed. Uh, very ridiculous changes, and I absolutely agree with you. But do you want to go ahead and say what you were, what you were thinking? Yeah, so, I mean, we have seen this before in Overwatch 1, and I think now that it's it's down to one tank, we haven't seen a lot of, like, ball being played. But in Overwatch 1, ball was meta for probably, like, a year and a half, maybe a good two years of just, like, strict, like, you have to play ball or your team is almost like throwing, especially at like the high level, right? So um, any change that they make to ball, I feel like is going to put him like on this edge between like, oh, maybe he's not that good. Maybe he's just not good enough. He can't really compete with some of the other tanks or, oh my God, this guy is absolutely busted. And if you're not playing the hamster ball character, you are throwing. So um Buffing his HP and especially like shield HP, I feel like is going to make him so much more self-sufficient, so much more um, just a menace in the backline, right? If you if you think about it, because shield HP regenerates over time. So, um, you know, he can go in, he can do his hit, which is a reduced cooldown now. He can go in, he can do his hit, he can roll away, uh, build back his HP over time and then come back in and get ready and do another hit again. So... Ball being good, or at least being better than he was, is uh, a dangerous change, a, a very dangerous change I think Blizzard is playing with. So I'm I'm interested to see if uh, it'll be enough to, to make him meta, I for think, sure. I think the biggest thing with the ball changes for me is in his ultimate. Um, his <laughs> ult has always been, like, pretty good. Like, you know, sometimes it gets a ton of value. There are maps where it's not easy to land simply because of the spread of the mines. So sometimes yeah. it'll go on rooftops and hit, like... I've had times where I've gone for an ultimate and all my mines get stuck in the ceiling. I'm just like, <laughs> okay. Uh, glad I used that. Maybe a ferret will shift into it. But, you know, like, right now, his mines are already pretty difficult to get out of if he lands a slam on you and he's, like, mm -hmm. centered on you because you have to navigate out of them. Uh, it's already a pretty consistent pick-oriented ultimate, and reducing it by 33%, I don't think people are going to really feel how powerful of a change that is until they're playing yeah. against it, and they see, like, man, he just used that ult, and I'm already, like, I I'm dead. There's no way out of this. Um, especially because you can even kill tanks with the, the minefield. I mean, yeah. it, it does so much damage, and there's so many of them. So I think that uh, you hit the nail right on the head saying that the thing with Ball is because he's such a mobile character and mobile characters tend to get um a uh sort of asymmetrical amount of value from buffs and nerfs um i think that he's going to have a real big impact on the game because already throughout all the metas we've had in overwatch one so or overwatch two so far it's all been very mobility driven right yeah at first it was sojourn genji you know and then it turned into dive with monkey we haven't really had a slow pokey meta yet Every character has had to have some form of mobility. So Wrecking Ball getting buffed, I don't know if it's going to make him the best tank, but I do agree with you that it's going to make him in that high class of, you know, if you're running a dive, you might as well be on Wrecking Ball instead of Monkey, who actually got nerfed this uh, this patch. So definitely agree with you on the ball changes. What, what were the other heavy hitters you were thinking of? So... If Ball is buffed, and, and it's really important, I think, in Overwatch 2, I think maybe Overwatch 1 metas kind of revolved around maybe what supports you were running, and that kind of impacted what tanks you could run, um, and that kind of impacted the meta. I think Overwatch 2, it's very much shifted to what tanks you can run, and that shifts 
what supports you can run and then in turn what DPS you can run. Um, so now that I I personally think that ball is going to be played a lot more um, or is at least going to be a lot more viable, uh, I think that opens up the space for um, other heroes like Tracer that is very good with ball or you could even argue Genji, but um, probably not this patch. But I'm definitely thinking Tracer and soldier and especially on like those very like wide um maybe even like a little bit flatter maps um like busan drum uh we're gonna see a lot of like this ball tracer soldier um but yeah the soldier chase changes really really caught my eye in addition to the ball changes i just think he's gonna be a menace absolutely yeah so the soldier changes um so just real quick, I'll say what they are. The number of shots to reach your maximum recoil have been increased from 4 to 6. And the recoil amount has also been reduced by 12%. Uh, a good soldier is already able to laser pretty hard when it comes to, yeah. to you know, getting picks. I mean, I've had times where I can kill, like, Pharahs in the sky with, like, 8 headshots across the map. It's like, it doesn't even feel like you have damage fall off on soldier a lot of the time. Um... But, you know, as far as, like, reducing his recoil and especially reducing the number of shots to get to that point, it's going to be pretty huge for him. Uh, he's already, like I said, he, he's got the mobility that kind of keeps him up to pace with a lot of the, the characters that are meta right now. He's able to quickly rotate, switch his angle, all that kind of stuff. And having this recoil reduction is going to increase his uh, damage over the course of a match pretty yeah. heavily. And and the thing too with Soldier, and we've seen this before in the past with Overwatch 1 2, is any slight tweak they make to maybe his damage numbers or his like um just anything that they, you know, tweak with him, it seems to just like put him above and beyond um and just like make him meta for like the two weeks and then the, and then they revert it and then they bring it back and they're like okay maybe maybe that was too much mm -hmm. but it's it seems like soldier is maybe in the same spot as ball where it's like okay he's he's really good sometimes but you know if he's if we buff him too much then he's like too good and then if we if we take it back then he's not good enough at all so it's kind of like in this in this weird position but <clears throat> i definitely think that with ball being played <clears throat> you're going to want these more like self-sustaining dps heroes so like tracer like soldier um what else is there i don't know sombra. <laughs> I, I, yeah maybe sombra yeah mm -hmm. for sure um that can kind of like take care of themselves and and you know follow up on whatever the ball is doing and so with the changes being made um with the amount of like damage output that that good soldiers are going to be able to do i really think we're we're looking at this this kind of scary like ball soldier tracer meta yeah I, I could definitely see that the only thing that i think would um stop that from being the case at least in ranked because as far as i know in team play and you can correct me if i'm wrong because i'm very mm -hmm. out of out of the loop when it comes to team play how often is arisa played when it comes to uh you know like the actual competitive scrims and matches so right now the meta at least on this current patch is like Ramatra, uh Sojourn still. Um and then you have kind of like the flex TPS that play a variety of Tracer or Genji and then sometimes Echo. And then you've got the Kiriko Lucio. So right now it's it's kind of like this Ramatra brawl. <clears throat> and then sometimes on very, very close maps like think of Lijon Control Center, Arisa is being played. Okay. So <clears throat> really right now it's all Ramatra. 
which kind of, you know, brings us into the Ramatra changes, um, he's being nerfed. So that's going to not heavily, but he is being toned down a little bit. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that impacts pro play as well. I, I agree. Um, I think that the Ramatra change... So obviously they addressed the biggest problem with Ramatra, which is that his ultimate was able to be infinite, right? So yeah. <laughs> that was a very big problem. I, I just on a fundamental level, and I'm going to tie this into what we've been talking about before. On a fundamental level, I have issues with any kind of ability or any kind of um, utility being endless, right? Yeah. So things like wall climbs, I think, are unnecessary. Things like... Well... <laughs> but things like... I know you're a Kiriko fan, okay, but... <laughs> Um, things like wrecking balls, like, you know, ability to constantly be in his form where he can literally just outpace everybody. I don't feel that these things are necessarily good because notice that the, the characters we've been talking about that are like, you know, oh, this character, when they get buffed, it seems like they get a wide increase to their, their power. All those characters have an infinite utility. Soldier can sprint all the time. Ball can roll around all the time. You think of a character like Widow, if they buffed Widow, it would be insane, but that's because she can one-shot all of the time, right? And when you have constant amounts of... Uh, or Sorry, when you have a permanent ability to, to use utility in a game, it kind of falls into a situation of you have to be very, very careful about buffing that character because that utility goes from being like, okay, that's a decent part of their kit, to wow, this is impressive, right? If Soldier is literally better than every DPS, you can't get away from him because he will just sprint after you. If Ball is better than every tank, you can't get away from him because he'll just come after you, right? If you want to kill a Kiriko and she just has high grounds to play around and you don't have verticality, she's going to get away from you. So there, there's there's something to be said about being cautious when it comes to having permanent amounts of utility without any trade-off. Um, and I've kind of forgotten how I got to this point, admittedly, but with Ramatra, his ultimate used to be infinite, right? You just had to walk at the enemy... I think the biggest thing with Ramatra, though, wasn't addressed. I don't think his ultimate being infinite was the problem. His block being infinite is the problem. Because if you could kill Ramatra when he was ulting before, it wouldn't matter if it lasted forever, right? He only has 550 HP. I know only. But when you have a team of people shooting at a target like that, and he's actually taking the damage that he should, he has to run away. He has to hide, right? He doesn't have mm -hmm. a shield in that form. He has to back off. So it would re require you to be more precise on your engagement when you old, if they've nerfed his block instead of just being like, oh, well, it can't last forever now, right? Because right now his block, he just reduces 75% of damage intake and he yeah. doesn't have to do anything for that. And it doesn't even reduce the heals that come in, right? So he's getting more value as far as damage reduction than a nano boost, which is a full ultimate, all right? And he's still able to get the same amount of heals. And all that's happening is he moves slower, right? Yep. So I had a moment in uh, a scrim, I think it was two days ago, where um, both Ramatras ulted, but the enemy team pushes all the way into our spawn, and our Ramatra stood outside of our spawn door with his arms crossed, just not letting anything happen. And then we respawn, and we're just able to like push with Ramatra ult still up. It was, it was absolutely crazy. I haven't seen anything like that. Yeah. So. I I saw a, um, I think it was SK posted on Twitter, a, um, a video of a Ramatra winning two team fights with one ultimate. <laughs> like, they were fighting on the point. It was on um, uh, Oasis, right? I forget what it's called, but uh, it's, it's not City Center, and it's not University. It's the third one. Gardens? Gardens, I guess. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. 
Um, so Ramatra had a fight on the point with his ultimate, ran to their spawn chasing someone that was trying to get away. They died. Their team came back with a beat drop to try to fight the Ramatra, and the Ramatra had a second team fight with his ultimate going, which he won. So it was literally from point to their spawn winning two team fights with one ultimate. I'm like, man, that's stupid. That's value. Yeah. I don't know. That hero is definitely working as intended. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And absolutely. Um, I'm so going back to the change, I'm glad that they made it not an infinite ultimate anymore. That's that's fantastic for, for us. Um, but I think that the real thing they need to address ultimately is his block because any form of damage reduction that doesn't also reduce heal income is going to be like, it's going to be insane, especially because we have an absolute ridiculous amount of burst healing and invulnerability issue in the game right now. Um, but I, I don't think Ramatra is going to change in terms of being meta. Uh, I think that if he does start falling off a of meta, we'll see more Orisa. Um, I think mm -hmm. it'll be a, it'll be a, a battle between teams playing Arisa comps because she has great CC and great sustain and teams playing Wrecking Ball comps like you were talking mm -hmm. about. She has fantastic mobility and his ultimate's really strong. Um, but I, I think that's going to be the main clash we see if they continue the path of nerfing Ramatra. Yeah, so it's really interesting that you say that because uh, Arisa also was taken down a peg as well. Um, nothing super crazy. I think they just... What was it? It, it was a minor tweak to her armor hp i believe which is something that they had been tweaking with um before so it's 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 interesting to see that you know they are you know nerfing these tanks that have been you know prominent in the game um whereas they're also um buffing um characters like reinhardt and ball right um so i wonder if um you know, I, I do think that ball will still be very strong, and I do think Ramatra will still be very strong. Um, but I wonder if, you know, the meta will be more versatile, more more viable for a multitude of different tanks, and maybe it'll be more map-dependent. In times where we have seen that happen in Overwatch 1, the game has felt very healthy. Um Whenever it's like, oh, King's Row, okay, we're going to play Brawl here. Or if it's, oh, okay, Numbani, let's play some Dive, right? Um, you know times when that has happened the game has felt very good and 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 very nice to play the good old days yep. yeah <laughs> i definitely feel you on that I, I resonate with that entirely just so you know the arisa changed the last patch is when they updated her armor they actually did something okay. that i think is even more uh great for arisa or well not great but like it's a better change right now they made the fall off range that they uh changed prior they, they reverted that so before her Fall off range was 25 meters, so it was pretty far out there. We're talking further than Defense Matrix, and then they brought it back to 15 meters now, which, if I remember correctly, is just the change that they had made before. Just brought, they just reverted it essentially, um, which means less uh, javelin across the map, Arisa picks. But <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think it's really gonna do that much because when you play Arisa, you're kind of playing her to walk into the other team there. yeah you're speeding yeah. in the same way you're playing ramatra it's just with a different set of uh utility so you know i i think that it's interesting they are moving away from uh, hopefully they're moving away from the tanks that have just everything in their kit and moving yeah. to the tanks like reinhardt and wrecking ball who have clear paths of counterplay i think that's really important in a game like overwatch um it's why i hate widowmaker and i hate like you know th those kinds of characters kiriko no offense um <laughs> but 
I do like when there are very clear paths to counterplay a character. So if you don't necessarily play that character, you can be like, oh, well, I can approach it this way. You know yep. what I mean? And that's when, like you said, the game is at its healthiest, when you have maps that have different metas and, you know, different ways of beating those metas and ways of thinking outside the box and not comps like goats or like Ramantra setups and things like that. Um, but yeah, absolutely agree. Fantastic change for Ramantra. Uh, what are the, do you want to go into the Rhine changes since you briefly touched on those? Yeah. So again, I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, I'll go through it and then I'll, I'll let you give your thoughts on it. Okay, okay, so, sure. for starters, uh, his charge had a cooldown reduction from eight to seven seconds. His fire strike damage was increased from 90 to 100. His earth shatters direct hit damage was reduced from 250 to 170, but the duration on it was increased from two and a half to 2.75 seconds. And finally, his rocket hammer, the knockback impulse, uh, has been reduced from ten to six. I don't know why they would put impulse in there. I guess for the, the like, uh, yeah, you know, developing nerds. Um, but that just means like the distance at which you get knocked back. Um, I hate that I know that from the source engine. But anyway, that's the, those are the changes. What are your thoughts on those? Yeah. So, uh, well, the biggest impact for me as a support player is he can now essentially one shot you or, you know, two shot you, whichever way you want to look at it with um, fire strike. And then the the second thing is when he is in your face swinging, I, I am no longer going to be booped uh, into Mars. So um, those are like the two like biggest changes. But the just the fact that um, he has that kind of like threat of one shot or threat of two shot, whichever way you want to look at it, I think could be really strong. We might actually see him being played more so now on, you know, maps that are a little bit more favorable for Ryan. So he might he might come back into the control center rotation. He might come back into the King's Row uh, rotation, you know. Um, in scrims right now, it's pretty much only like Ramatra and Arisa like 100% of the time. So it'd be interesting to see some some amount of versatility from Reinhardt there. But I don't know if it's enough to do it, so we'll have to see. I find it interesting when we're going through these that you and I, our, our sort of focus will always shift to different things. Like with the ball, you were focused on the, the, the health and the cooldown reduction, whereas I was focused on the ultimate. And with Ryan, I'm actually more interested in the fact that his charge cooldown has been reduced. And the reason why is because in Overwatch 1, charge was kind of a meme uh ability unless they were like right next to a wall but now since you can cancel it it's actually a really viable mobility tool for like being able to get in whenever you're so you walk up with your shield right you, your team is trading damage and once their team starts to try to back off if you can split someone you can kind of charge in and cancel it on the corner and then you just start fighting them um or you can chase down targets as reinhardt in the way a, a monkey might so I think that his charge getting a reduction is a pretty good thing. I don't know if it's exactly necessary because you really only need to charge once per fight. That's kind yeah. of when you're full sending. So having a cooldown reduction isn't that big of a situation, I think. But I think that that's, that's an interesting change nonetheless. Um, and it's good that Ryan is getting more and more buffs as time goes on because he historically aside from goats has been one of the healthiest tanks uh for the oh, game oh yeah so. he's definitely like just even meta aside he's definitely one of the community's favorites um uh for sure which speaking of community favorites we've got a big change that's coming this next season are you ready i'm ready this is the real sauce let's be honest <laughs> This, this is where Twitter is absolutely blowing up. <laughs> you would think that only one character got changed in the in the patch. All so, right. Presumably you're talking about Mercy, 
of course. Yeah. The the community icon. Uh, <laughs> so the changes she got, her guardian angel's cooldown was increased from one and a half to two and a half seconds, and a thousand mercy mains just cried out in pain as soon as they started reading. Um, the the next thing says holding the backwards directional input and canceling the ability with jump now moves twenty percent slower. I'll be honest, I've played five seconds of mercy, so. All I'm assuming is that's the, the part of her movement where when she flies into someone and then she just like goes yeah, in the other direction. I think so. I think that's what it means. And now she moves 20% slower um, when she does that to kind of, I, I guess that's to help you compensate for when she suddenly changes movement. Because before it was like she can zip all around and you don't have time to react to it. But that's what I'm assuming. I might be wrong. Uh, the next thing is her Kadukia staff or whatever you call it. Um, the healing per second. <laughs> has been reduced from 55 to 45. Um, yeah, now now the Mercy Twitter is hating me. So her healing got reduced uh, by 10 per second, but it's been increased by 50% for allies that are under half health. So you're able to heal up critical targets even faster than you were before. Furthermore, her regenerative passive got removed. However, she heals herself for 25% of the healing done with the staff. So when she's healing a target, she gets that health back. Um, those are all the changes for, for Mercy. So what are your thoughts as a former um, Mercy main? Uh, former Mercy main, my staff has been put down. The pistol has been laid to rest. Um, but so I, I, I maybe had like two games of Mercy uh, on Overwatch 2, to be honest with you. Um, but just the fact, I, I believe... I might be wrong on this, but I believe that the way that the Mercy mains are kind of able to just stay up in the air... Uh, the whole time is they use that backwards I flying so. I think so. thing. So the fact that that is slowed down means maybe they're not able to do that as efficiently. So maybe we just won't see mercies in the skybox for uh, entire yeah. fights mm -hmm. unless they have, you know, a, a hero that could do that. Um, or at least they'll do it a lot slower, which I think is, is a, as a step in the right direction. I've always thought that, well, at least with Overwatch 2, I have definitely thought that Mercy's movement needs to be toned down a little bit. I know it's her identity. I know the Mercy mains are going to come for me, but it does need to be toned down a little bit. You have a character who is just so versatile in, you know, what she can do and has like a huge, you know, CD that, you know, puts a lot of pressure on the fight if she's not dealt with and she can just bit bop all over the screen and you're like, okay, there's just no way, no way we're killing her at all. So uh, I definitely felt like or and I feel like the the reducing her movement is is a good and healthy change for the game. Um, however, the changing that they're make the changes that they're making to her healing is is very very interesting to me because uh, what that is telling me, without saying it outright, is they want to move away from the style uh, that Mercy is currently played as as kind of like the pocketing DPS style, as in the the right click damage boosting mercy style and more so into what maybe her original identity was um at the beginning of overwatch one which was more of like the healing um just kind of like the the main healer identity mm -hmm. and i feel like that is also the identity that a lot of the um you know uh casual community uh, associates her with it, it is that identity so i feel like uh blizzard kind of going back to that and kind of going back to her roots is, is very interesting to me and i'm curious to see how it plays out because i don't think we have at the moment any sort of healing in the game that 
you know, changes based on the HP of the person that you're affecting. And this is a very common thing in uh, games like, you know, World of Warcraft that, you know, Blizzard also makes, um, but it is not a thing yet in Overwatch. So I'm very curious to see how that's going to work out in the middle of fights, for sure. I 100% agree. And you hit it right on the head saying it seems like they're trying to move Mercy back to the old um, yep. way she was back in the early days of Overwatch. And for those yeah. who didn't play, there were only like four or five supports in the game. I mean, your your healers were Lucio, Zen. Symmetra. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Support, yeah. You had Lucio, Symmetra, Zenyatta, uh, Mercy, and who, who was the other healer? There was another one, I thought, but maybe not. No, Anna, Anna came out later. She was the first was one. It. Kiriko was released. Mora was released. Anna was released. Yeah, wow. no, that was it. Map was released. Yeah. yeah, so Lucio, Zen, and Mercy were your options as a yep. healer or Symmetra if you wanted to play support. But <laughs> you basically had very, very little healing in Overwatch. This whole like insane amounts of burst healing, insane amounts of like keeping tanks up through tons of damage, that was like not how the game originally shipped. The game originally shipped um very much following, in my opinion, in the footsteps of TF2 before it found its own identity as a more uh, high high numbers game, right? With a lot of uh, a lot of healing going out, a lot of damage going out, a lot of damage mitigation, um, and just like a lot of variety with with the release heroes that mm -hmm. came out, Briggs, Sombra, all that kind of stuff. Um, and Mercy kind of did switch after Ana and that kind of stuff from being that main healer, best healer in the game to being more of just a utility being a pocket yeah uh, for, and for and not to not to interrupt you but there was also some patches that i remember because again former mercy main the staff has been put down but i remember i was there Ready for um, a miracle? They... <laughs> stop um they had changed her um heals per second i believe the original heals per second for mercy was 60 hps which mm. is uh, that's a chunk right and then they moved it down to 55 and now uh, again they it, it just in this patch i believe they moved it to 50 and then back up to 55 there was something weird there um but now now just this patch they're going to 45 uh unless you're under a certain amount of like threshold so that is very interesting to me but yeah it, she went from the 60 hps um, all the way down to like 50 and then back up again. So it's very interesting. They they have changed her numbers um, since uh, release quite a bit, for sure. Absolutely. And and one thing I wanted to touch on that, that you had mentioned with Mercy, uh, you had said that you were happy they were reducing her mobility. Mm -hmm. I do agree with that, but I'm going to add a, uh, add a little stipulation there. I'm happy they're reducing her vertical mobility. The okay. problem with verticality in Overwatch with characters like Echo, Farah, and Mercy is that they've built hit scans to have innate damage fall off, right? Where mm -hmm. that is the only the only real people who can be up and, and contest in the sky are the hit scans, like Cassidy, Soldier, that kind of stuff, Widowmaker, or the people who are up in the sky, right? And when you give the yeah. people who are up there, again, infinite mobility to be able to stay <laughs> in the sky and tons of damage and value going downward it becomes really oppressive, especially for people who are lower ranks that can't aim, right? Farrah's always been a big problem for people in those lower ranks because she's just up there forever. You can't swat her down, right? And again, going back to that whole infinite utility thing I, I've been talking yep. about, I've been hammering in, that, that is a great thing that they're kind of reducing Mercy's ability to stay up. 
Of course, it's not going to change when she has a Pharah or an Echo or whatever, mm -hmm. but being able to not do it on her own is a big deal. I do like her having the horizontal mobility because it adds a, a element of um, yeah. urgency in dive comps, where if you want to go after the Mercy, you have to be together on it. And it, you can really tell when your team is out of sync on damage focus if the Mercy is surviving when you're like, let's go get the Mercy because she came in. Yep. Right, you can tell like, oh, we all we all weren't shooting her, so she just bolted away. Um, and I think that that's a, a fine interaction in the game. I do like the fact that they are reducing the slow because, again, like you said, stops her from being in the air as much. Hopefully, um, but that that's what I would like to see them continue on if they're going to keep tweaking her movement. I want her to have more horizontal oriented mm -hmm. movement like Tracer does, but not as much mm -hmm. verticality. Um, and that, that, that's my take on that. Otherwise, I do like the changes. I agree with you where it does seem like they're going back to that old healing style. And I think that's a good thing. At the very least, um, I don't think they're... In my opinion, they are actually making the pocket style better. Because mm -hmm. when you're pocketing someone, you go to heal your team when they're critical anyway. Right? That's when you're moving from the pocket. You're going to help your team out when they need the extra heals. So what you're actually doing with this change is making it so that you can spend less time leaving your pocket to go and help them, and you can come back way quicker, right? That's how I am perceiving it. So I think they've actually kind of buffed that pocket style um, and made her less need to spend less time healing and only heal when it really matters. Um, but that, that's my take on it. Um, do you want to... I think you might be right. I'm thinking about it. I think you might be right. I just saw the. I just heard the healing numbers. I just saw the healing, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, they're go they're going back to her roots! Yay, slay!" <laughs> but I think you might be right. I think it might just be a more of maybe she can you know damage boost more more often, and then you know swap to healing when it's when it's absolutely when it's necessary. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's a little bit frightening for my ranked games, but that's okay. Um, so I, I wanted to bring us back to what we were talking about originally with the like ball potentially being really good with the soldier potentially being good. Now that we have mercy potentially actually being, you know, pretty good um, with soldier being played, I wanted to talk about maybe some like uh, combination moves that we might see here. Um, so I personally think that Mercy pocketed soldier with ball is going to be something that we'll see a lot more often and probably uh, still sojourn since they didn't do much to, to change her either. Um, I think we're going to see some, some at least in ranked, I'm not sure about, you know, scrims and all that, but at least in ranked, I think we'll see some, some mercy pocketing soldier. I agree. It's going to be brutal. I also <laughs> wanted to talk because I think Cassidy is being overlooked oh, yeah. with this change this uh this season so i have not seen everyone's talking about mercy they're talking about widow <laughs> taking a hit to her health pool which i'll just quickly touch on they they dropped widow's health from 200 to 175 okay good change i think widow should have 50 health personally but anyway they're dropping her health from <laughs> 200 <a> nat. <laughs> yes just straight 50 uh if i headshot her from across the map she should die instantly then we're even <laughs> okay so anyway She's, she's got a small health change. I don't think it's really going to do much, but that's just me. But a lot of people are talking about that. The Mercy change, the ball change. I think Cassidy is being overlooked really hard right now. So his first change is that his movement is no longer blocked in his combat role by enemy players. So you can roll straight through tanks. Um, the other thing is that his, his primary fire 
the falloff range was increased from 20 to 25 so it got a 50 or sorry not 50 a um 25 percent increase in how much range he has and i think that that is going to be very big because pretty much right now cassidy gets caught out in two situations right situation one is he's fighting someone who has better range fall off than he does like ash you know or widow and he just can't kill them even they if he can't compete <laughs> even if he double headshots them they're still alive and they're just like okay well i can one shot you right that's situation one situation two is he tries to extend to close that distance and he gets called out because he doesn't have a lot of mobility monkey drops him behind him diva body blocks him whatever now he can actually push that limit more and you can't body block him and force him in you can't get him stuck in he will always be able to just roll straight out no matter what's going on behind him i think that that's a very easy to overlook buff going into his combat role because most of the time when i get caught out on cassidy it's because i tried to roll backwards and i hit a player right there's someone who's flanking <laughs> me and i'm like oh well i'm definitely dead now and then of course that range buff is a very clear much more easy to, to process way of buffing him the the 25 range increase what are your what are your thoughts on that yeah i definitely feel that Cass will be very strong kind of moving into this next patch i'm i'm eager to see how it works because again i'm i'm not a dps player so uh i'm not as like fine-tuned to their numbers uh, i would say or like their play styles so I, I am very curious to see how it works in my head i would definitely still think that even on like like more open maps there's just no way but you know, maybe with, you know, Mercy being played a lot more potentially with her healing increase, right? Maybe even like Mercy pocketing cast. Like I've seen it. I've seen you run it. Like I've, I've definitely experienced it firsthand, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that is definitely something we could see. But I, I definitely feel maybe with like the, the Rhine being buffed, you might see more more cast being played. Rhine and cast have always worked uh fairly well together right ryan can close that distance so Cass can walk in and and like you were said get close to the people that are like posing a threat so that's something um yeah that's something very interesting to me uh i hope he's being played more it's, it's always interesting when Cass is being played uh i do not like his current grenade though it, it flies 20 feet through the air and latches onto my left toe but it um, never works for me <laughs> I'll be standing in front of someone, like, we're fighting, like, on a street, right? And I'm like, ah, you've walked into my, my flashbang range. You've activated my trap card. And I throw it, and it goes and sticks on the floor. It's like, yeah, he's over there, man. It's horrible. <laughs> I, I hate it. It's so annoying. Or, like, a tracer. Like, if I'm on tracer, I always get stuck by the flashbang. Every time, without fail. Yeah. I, can, I can recall, and it'll zoot across the map and hit me. <laughs> I can blink through him, and it'll go through his face and hit me. But if I'm on Cassidy, I'm like, aha, Tracer. And it just goes behind me. It's like, what are you doing? It's so annoying. I, I, hate, yeah. I hate how inconsistent it is. All right. I would have, uh. I honestly would have much rather they just had it like do 80 damage or something and then just be like a AoE. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because then you can still one shot someone with a follow up headshot. Right. Because like the idea is it's supposed to, it's supposed to mirror the whole like, headshot plus flashbang equals one shot right right um so why did they make it so the grenade is doing the headshot damage instead of the actual headshot doing the headshot damage <laughs> you could have just made the flashbang do 80 and then make your headshot still do 120 on cast or do they, Honestly, they might do 140 actually like even just talking about like cast like in overwatch one he had the most consistent easy to get around cc in the game 
like for real like if you were reinhardt you could you know they had the whole you know counterplay back and forth where oh but you're gonna shield up on my head oh i'm gonna tilt my shield up oh you're gonna flashbang my feet oh Uh okay i'm gonna go down so there was like counterplay to it you know as a support player i just knew like oh be careful of like around corners like you know just be aware of like where it was very it was not crazy to you know have to play around unless like you're playing like tracer or something then it's then it's a little annoying but then just at that point just get off tracer <laughs> like but, well the like, thing is like eventually they change how tracer and cast interact because if you remember a long time ago tracer had to be like up in your grill to be able to get her clip mm-hmm. damage off right and over time yeah. they slowly pushed her damage fall off range to the point where it became like if you get flashed by cassidy on tracer you're just stupid like you can literally clip him from outside of the flashbang range almost. You're like you shouldn't be getting flashbanged by Cassidy. If you do, you just got greedy, right? That's really mm-hmm. how it went. Um so the main people that complained about flashbang were the two loudest communities in Overwatch, the Genji players and the Doomfist players, all right? Those are the two <laughs> yeah. people who were the most angry about it because it's like I'm deflecting. How did he flash me around my deflect? It's like well, you know, they already made that uncounterplayable because you can cancel it whenever now. You don't get punished for mistiming it. And then Doomfist is just a stupid hero, so you deserve to be flashbanged. Honestly, they should have given Cass If you play Doom, you just go back and just spawn. I'm, exactly. I'm done with that hero. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, I would have supported two flashbangs against Doomfist. Um, Maybe but... three if we're pushing it. True, yeah. I mean, he should just get double fan the hammer ammo. <laughs> Be like Symmetra, where if you shoot your fan the hammer and you hit a Doomfist, you get another bullet, so you can just you know what I mean? Yeah, um, but only Doomfist, only Doomfist, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would support that change. Okay, well, that pretty much covers the big changes. Uh, so what I'm gonna do real quick is I'm gonna go over just the rapid fire, like tiny tweaks. And if yeah. you want to stop me, you absolutely can. Um, so first of all. All hero ult charge retainment, so when you switch characters in spawn, it's been reduced from 30% to 25%, so you can only keep up to a quarter of your ult charge. Roadhog had his whole hog duration increased from 6 to 8 seconds, so a little buff on, on hog there. Uh, Winston's barrier, the, the health has been reduced from 700 to 650, so not that Thank big. Thank god. Yeah. There's so many times as Kiriko where my little 50 DPS or damage kunai i just can't break it and 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 i'm like saying like please please break the barrier i can't help you please and it just takes so long to break just because of i think unless reaper is being played you just cannot break his barrier um so i i think that's healthy for sure definitely healthy for the game at least for me it's it's good for me it's it's a good aramori change thank you blizzard so i actually just so you know i I joined a team to just play some for fun scrims with right and uh I think I was I was talking with them. We were just talking about balance and theory crafting and stuff. And I've been saying for a while now, I think the best change you can make to Monkey is move a lot of his sustainability from his shield to him, right? Because mm-hmm. honestly, in ranked, yes, the shield serves an important purpose. It lets his team engage with him, right? But the problem is in ranked, people don't like shooting shields. We've known that since Overwatch no. 1. So a 700 health barrier that lasts for like 10 <laughs> seconds just sits in front of me. And if I'm the only one shooting it, I don't no character, unless you're yeah. Bastion, has enough damage to really break it on his own without having to reload multiple times, right? Yep. So it's obnoxious. It's really annoying to deal with. I even support them adding uh, kind of like what Fortnite did with like mining, mining. stuff. 
add little crit zones on the bubble or something like that so you oh, can break it faster i'd support mm -hmm. anything like that just to make it easier in ranked to not need everyone to focus it right uh but my biggest my biggest suggestion would be take some of the sustainability that you give winston away from his shield mm -hmm. and just put it on him right whether it's more armor more more regular health whatever make him better at diving without just needing his barrier because that's going to make the character feel one a lot more fluid you'll be able to dive more you'll be able to dive into more situations and be able to get out and two it's going to make it more fun to play against in ranked when you don't have a team that wants to focus the monkey bubble you know and and he did i, I just think that would be a fantastic change but at the very least yeah i i definitely agree with you that they are reducing i i agree that in your um your feelings it's healthy <laughs> yeah it's healthy they're reducing the the shield health there so that's good um moving on to our next change. unless did you have anything else you want to say about that no i just don't like bubble in my face when i'm trying to heal my friends and it happens a lot so i'm glad that it's being tweaked a little bit for i 100 sure. agree with you um so going into the other small changes drunker queen's base health was reduced from 425 to 450 um Oh, this actually isn't a big change. Uh, this is a big change. So let me come back to that, uh, the Junkrat change. Uh, so Sombra had her damage per projectile increased from 7 to 7.5, so a little damage boost there. And her health pack hack duration was increased from 30 to 45 seconds. That's just annoying. Um, that is annoying. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, the first thing, and this, you can call me weird for this, but the first thing that comes to mind about that is free-for-all deathmatch in Q. Because you get those Sombras that run around invisible and just like do, 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 hack every health pack on the map. And you're like, yeah, that that's annoying. Okay, that's immediately what I thought of. I'm like, man, that doesn't really affect the game that much. But that's just annoying for Q. Uh, Torb's turret got a health reduction from 250 to 225. Pretty decent change. Um, the Widowmaker change we went over. Anna got a nerf. I hate that hero, so that's awesome. Her her biotic grenade, yeah, I said it. Uh, her biotic it's grenade. Whatever. Her biotic grenade effect was reduced from four to three and a half seconds. Great change. Yeah, again, again, it doesn't matter because Kiriko's in the game, so Ananade is kind of cosmetic at this point. So, it, which is good. <laughs> I hate all all antis should just not exist, in my opinion. <laughs> But anyway, including Drunker Queen Hold, I'd rather just do a fuck ton of damage. Oops, sorry, can't say that. I'd rather just do a ton of damage. Um, but anyway, so the next change goes to Brigida. Okay, uh, her repair pack uh, got a healing over time reduction from 55 to 50 seconds, but it now has a little bit of burst healing. It gives them 25 health on impact. I still think Brig sucks. I know that everyone's going to talk about the there was a uh, asian player um who got rank one on brig i'm pretty sure playing only oh, brig God. yeah playing only brig and they were destroying on the ladder great for them the character sucks i don't care um <laughs> <laughs> they're good at the character the character doesn't have to be good on paper for you to be good at a character right so that's pretty true i i think brig sucks still she's too one-dimensional and that doesn't really help at all uh but hopefully we see more changes that that help her and she's getting an ult rework next season so we'll see how that goes uh and then zen got an ammo increase which they just they love to do just arbitrarily zen now has 25 yeah. orbs the, the only thing is um i don't think the break changes are going to make her playable still i still think kiriko is just going to rain 
uh, as Supreme Queen of uh, Ranked and, and uh, Pro Scene for at least for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting that whenever Brig gets marginally better, Zen is also going to get marginally better. Um, they're just great to be paired together, right? They both have that long-distance healing. Brig mm-hmm. has the, the flail. She can help out with the, the Zen, right? Um, the ultimate for the rally, at least, for, for Zen is... is uh, very strong, right? Um, mm-hmm. So he can like walk up and, and you know, sling orbs damage. in your yep. face. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it is kind of interesting that they both get nerfed at this or both get buffed at the same time. It makes me a little nervous that we might see, especially with ball, it makes me a little nervous we might see some sort of like ball uh, tracer soldier Briggs and comes come back in, which I I'm so sick of from Overwatch One. Still, yeah, I I'm agree. still I don't want to see that at all. So I'm a little apprehensive. I I don't think it's enough, but it could be. I don't know. So uh, it makes me definitely very nervous. Uh, I don't want to see that meta again. <laughs> I know. I know what you were probably the Zen player in that meta, weren't you? That's <laughs> yes. why you don't want to see it. You're sick of just being. <laughs> slam clipped over and over again like maybe i'll get a volley before that happens <laughs> i hear you yeah i don't want to see that many either. i think mercy and Kiriko are too strong for that to happen right now though so we'll see how that goes and like i said next season they're changing briggs ultimate they're reworking it entirely right. so we'll see how that goes as well yeah briggs ultimate next season is just she just gives all of her hp to zen and then zen oh, just becomes right. 600 hp yeah they so, actually yeah they actually go. just make rally burst instead so you group up <laughs> on her and then you just get 700 hp and you just run for around with that for 40 seconds <laughs> that makes sense yeah also she slings out repair packs non-stop like the remontral <laughs> with the repair packs so, okay, the last change I wanted to talk about, which is a fantastic change, uh, Junkrat, because this is actually mm-hmm. something that can fly under the radar as well, is mine's maximum damage was reduced from 120 to 100. This has yes. two big implications to it, all right? One is the obvious, which is the one-shot combo. You're not going to get, you know, sink-bombed walking through choke unless you're damage-boosted. Uh, mm-hmm. The other is that you can't one-shot you with uh, traps anymore. So if you walk into a room and you step on the trap and he detonates the mine, you still got 10 HP, right? I think that that's going to be an oversight by Blizzard and knowing how the dev team works, they're going to buff the trap damage by like 10 to make that, you know, still interaction. (laughs) But um, I do like this change. Uh, I think that now it's going to be used more for mobility than for damage output and one-shot potential. But I I think that's a great change. Um, yeah, I, I do as well. I, I'm not even joking when I say that Junkrat is the scariest character right now. Um, ju- like, I'm more scared of Junkrat than Widow because Widow, I can, you know, properly hide behind walls. But mm-hmm. even with Junkrat, you know, I'll hide behind a corner and he just throws everything ar- around the corner and I'm dead. So it's just, <laughs> it's just like um, Junkrat is so scary. Um, and I'm so glad that they are, you know, reducing uh the one shot potential it, it, even just like a tiny bit because just how strong he is and ranked for just like randomly killing like two people um around corners or just like he'll hide like behind your team and you'll walk forward and he'll just like jump out and kill two is ridiculous and it's just like the random chaoticness of it i i just i just hate uh, which i know some players they lo- they love they love to bring the chaos like you know like the the sim player who got Mm -hmm. ranked one right 
but but me personally i just i absolutely just cannot stand it so i'm very happy that they are reducing the the one shot from it it was it was honestly like super strong like he was even being run in scrims with like the ramacha brawl um Mm -hmm. they were playing like soj junk on some maps and i just i can't handle that Chuck needs to go he's gotta go i hear you i hear (laughs) you Uh, okay, so we only have uh, about 10 more minutes here. So do you want to move into our, our last topic, uh, the the Mercy tournament that happened, uh, was it a week or two ago? Uh, it was about a week and a half ago, I believe. Okay, yeah. So I, I did catch a little bit of that. Um, I, I thought it was an interesting tournament. Um, I, I really like... I like there being grassroots tournaments in any esport. I think it's way better than any franchise league or any... You know, anything like Overwatch League, no offense, or anything like that. I think that tournaments that are built from the floor level up or from the community outward, those are going to be the best performers because there's there's a lot more heart into it. You know what I mean? When you know the tournament organizers and it's not being put together by faceless people, right? And it's like you you get much more connection with that stuff. Um, And I think that gets kind of lost through the sift when it comes to Overwatch League or... um, you know, any, any other, like the Call of Duty League as well, uh, for those who watch the Call of Duty esports scene. But I did really like this tournament. I like that they had these new stipulations on it. I think it was no Sojourn, right? Yep. And Mercy only. Love that. I, You know, if the devs aren't going to balance, then balance for them. You know what I mean? What, what did you think yeah. about it, though? So the tournament was the Ride of the Valkyries tournament. Uh, put on by the lovely Skiesti, um, our resident Mercy player in the community. Um, I think any any Mercy news people go to her or um, what was her name? Neandry. Neon? Yeah, Neandry. Uh, and so it was it was very like I think healthy. Um, I think there was a lot of like at the time like a lot of like mercy drama kind of happening in the community of like people saying oh she needs to be changed she needs to be nerfed we don't like mercy or vice versa like oh my gosh we love mercy don't change mercy all these kind of things so i think skiesti kind of took it among herself to to you know build this tournament where it was every single team had to make sure that they had a mercy on their roster at all times you were you were not allowed to not have a mercy on your team and then of course, the community's like, well, you know, if if you have a tournament where Mercy is always going to play, you are always going to have a sojourn pocketed or a Mercy pocketed sojourn, like all one hundred percent of the time. Like mm-hmm. it's just going to turn into ranked. Like we're so already so sick of that. And Skessy said, okay, I hear you. Um, no sojourn. <laughs> so it was actually really interesting, and it and it seemed to kind of be. Uh, in a way kind of healthy and it let the players who participated kind of figure out their own like metas and 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 such so it was really interesting um and to go along with that uh a couple months ago there was a a charity tournament for a player who passed away um cloud the cloud tournament i'm not sure if you're aware of this um but it was it was similar in the same way of Cloud was a Hanzo player, so they made it so every single team had to make sure that they played Hanzo 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. And if you were going to swap, you had to have both DPS players in spawn, and then you had to swap that way. So um, it was very interesting, and and I think tournaments like these, I agree with you, like these sort of like um, grassroots or, or community-driven tournaments have so much heart and have so much soul kind of put into them. And uh, and a big thing, too, is they're willing to listen instantly and willing to uh you know adapt instantly so um 
like the ban on Sojourn immediately within 24 hours guest was like okay i hear you we won't do that so mm. it was very interesting and i did want to talk about the winning team a little bit um so the winning team here let me pull up the roster so i don't get it wrong i got it it was uh a, just based off of what warren posted uh yes. yidl uh yizen aspen yeah yizan yizan uh, he yeah. made a post recently that said, you can call me this list of things, and it confused me. <laughs> I used to know. Like, he, he said, now that I have, I think it was now that I have 10,000 followers or 20,000 followers, just so you know, you can call me any of these things. It was like, Yazan, yeah, I have it here. Yazan, Uzna, Inza, it's fine. And then I got, I just got confused because I knew it was Yazan, but now I'm just like, okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, Yazan, uh, Aspen, KG, Remy, and, uh, and Warm. I, I'm guessing... One of those was probably a, a staff member, like a manager or something, or a mm-hmm. sub. Um, I think it was... I, I don't know. But anyway, uh, that winning team, what, what did you want to say about them? Yeah, so the winning team was, first of all, was a streamer team, which beat um, a team of full contenders players. So that's like the first kind of remarkable thing to kind of know about this. So mm-hmm. everybody was kind of joking, like, LOL streamer team, lol, lol, lol streamer team, they're not going to do anything. And then they came out and, and they absolutely like rolled. So that was number one thing. Um, and then uh, second thing here is they have arguably, well, I don't think arguably, probably the best Bara player uh, in the world um, that is on this team, right? Yazan, um, who has had in EU, he's had like eight accounts in like top 10 at, at a given time, right? He He's just like an absolutely insane player. Um, so, um, that being said, in kind of like these tournaments like that, it's, it's very interesting where it's like, okay, um, you know, no sorgen allowed, right? Um, so now we kind of move into this, this, uh, this meta where like, oh my gosh, okay, so Farah time, right? And, and like, even these contenders players were just not able to deal with, uh, this like Farah player. So I just thought it was very interesting. First of all, streamer team. And then second of all, Farah. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that insane to like think about? Like, Farah won a, a, a tournament. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, it, it's interesting because I, I distinctly remember a um, when Overwatch Two had first came out. There was a a there was a little bit of a uh, it was a tournament called I think it was just called the Overwatch Two Showdown. It was okay. between uh, Summit One G's team and its Timmy's team. And one team very much had, like, streamers and just, like, you know, people that were chill or whatever. The other team had, like, straight up, like, hustlers in Overwatch. We're talking, like, Sleepy Guru, Shore 4, you know, like, people who are mm-hmm. have been playing for a long time. The other one had, like, no offense, but, like, some people who weren't even really Overwatch players, right? So when the tournament actually happened, one team got completely smoked because they were, like, the, the grinders. And the other team was just, like, chilled streamers that were, like, plat and stuff. Um, they, they did have Kefri, but they also had, you know, other people who were not so great. Um, and I think that kind of built that whole LOL stream yeah. team thing ever since then. Because uh, that was an early thing in, in Overwatch 2. But mm-hmm. I think that's kind of, that kind of put a um, a dent in, like, stream team reputation when it came to tournaments and seeing a stream team win this was actually pretty interesting because there's a big disconnect in in the community that people don't really talk about between the content creators and the competitive players um i've been i've had my foot in both both camps for a while now i feel like we both have for sure 
and yeah definitely and um it's actually without name dropping or trying to cause any drama but there is a <laughs> lot of resentment from the competitive players for content creators yes, um if you're not yourself like an ultra competitive player like you know someone who is like a low you have to be low view count and you have to be like a tier two tier one player in order to avoid that resentment right but if you're either someone who who has a large view count a large following or you're someone who's good but doesn't compete there is so much resentment from competitive players for those people um and i i think that it might be partially because a lot of bigger content creators are compelled to be more kind to blizzard and the changes than a lot of competitive players are um and anyway p point is there's a lot of uh there's a big split in those two communities and I'm hoping that more tournaments like this that show, you know, that put these content creators straight up in teams against, uh, like, competitive players show that just because someone opts to be a content creator, just because someone opts to not go down the competitive tree for Overwatch, that doesn't make them just a worse player outright, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and you, there is anyone who, pretty much anyone who is in top 500, I'm not going to say anyone, but pretty much anyone who's in top 500 deserves an element of respect for being a gifted player right um and I, I think that the the community be the community would be far better off if they recognized what each person's strengths are um and that would make a much healthier competitive scene rather than just behind closed doors just like flaming one another it's one thing yeah. to do it publicly and start a rivalry it's another thing to just have discord channels where you're trying to int their games and that kind of stuff yeah you know? i i definitely have a lot to say on this i definitely feel like there's a lot of shady characters uh within the overwatch scene um but that, i think that is a topic for another time because yeah, uh, let's talk about it next time <laughs> let's talk about it next Wait. time why not we're, we're next time we're gonna be spilling tea exposing everybody yep. i'm gonna be name dropping every single I'm person breaking i'm gonna say all of my ndas this, this, this. <laughs> yep i'm gonna get sued I got Saul Goodman on my fucking my roll. Sorry, my roll. He's, he's on speed dial. He's yep. on speed dial. Exactly. Um, <laughs> anyway, okay, that is all the time we have for today. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, Aramori, this was a fantastic time. I, I had a great time doing this podcast. I hope you yeah. did too. This was this was good, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it again next week. Every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, we are live on the Prediction Esports uh, Twitch channel. That's P R E E. E-I-C-T-I-O-N, eSports, uh, at Twitch. And this is also going to be on Spotify and uh, Apple Music Podcast as well. Um, and it'll also be on my, my YouTube channel. So make sure you go follow Aramori. Her, her Twitter is down there right below her head. Uh, mine is down below mine, but Twitter is kind of my guilty pleasure app. So, you know, follow me if you want to see me put my hot takes out there. Um, if you want to actually get real content, go to her Twitter instead. But uh, that'll be all. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you all next time, okay? Bye. Yeah, thank you guys. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, 
Access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.